We've spoken at length before about Grindr, about like all the negative aspects of it, that like it's toxic at times, that we get racial fetishizing, all kinds of body shaming, all sorts. But yeah. we've never acknowledged on the podcast before that we all fucking love it. We all love it. We all have like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I'd say, you know what it's probably it's love hate and the kind of i guess we love to hate it as well um mm. i was saying that like when we were chatting yesterday what i hadn't actually thought of too too much in the past is that i've been using the app since like late 2012 so we're looking at the best part of 10 years and considering how infrequently i actually meet anyone off the app i'm thinking that's a long time to be using something daily to just be browsing it casually when I want nothing better to do every time I was deleted it's been it's never been more than a few days I don't think I've ever done like a complete week without grinder even when I haven't been using it much I always at least once a day I'll go on have a quick, quick browse even in lockdown when no one's going anywhere so the people in your vicinity aren't changing like I just I hate it I can't stop using it like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just because it's there I think um just a one of your standard devices, I guess. Um, I feel like, but like yeah. the amount of time that like, I spend complaining about it, but the the next question someone should ask me is like, why do you, why are you still on the on the app? If you <laughs> if you complain about it so much, mm-hmm. um, or I mean, this was obviously before I got into a relationship. I'm not unwinding anymore, but when I was, mm. I was not never admit. Yeah, I just never ever admitted that. You know what? I like the attention. <laughs> Um, mm. like when there's like those people who are interested in you, yeah, you're good. And like when you go to a new city or you go on holiday and you first like touch down in that city and mm. you know, you're grind that it blowing it's like, off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't usually have the sound on, but when I do, it obviously makes a noise. Um, so no, I noticed that like different cities and it'd be interesting because occasionally you'd come across a city where you didn't get much attention I'd be like what's going on like because whenever I go to new terrain I think oh you know before I open the app I'm all cocky men and think oh who's messaging me now or oh, who's going to message up <laughs> and also like, the attention bit like even if people approach you who you're not interested in whatsoever like I don't understand ages but if they're like you know well well past it and stuff um even if they're like harassing you and stuff you you know you can't help but be flattered on the on the slide but yeah yeah it's a it's a toxic app though. I, I, I hate. I love and hate it. Yeah. Like it and I feel like there's a lot of our, a lot of the like the, the ego, like the whole ego stuff, just goes along with it, man. Like it's it's yeah. it, it's a wild thing. It's, it's addictive as hell as well. I think it's it's because I think before it existed, it was a lot of effort for gays to meet each other. A lot of effort, and this is this is like literally gone the other way now it's just incredibly easy to meet people like you don't have to go out to a bar you don't have to join chat rooms on on different websites um you don't have to like you know ask friends or friends if they know anyone it's literally just you just log onto an app and i've always said it's what you make it so i typically Hello everyone, welcome once more to another episode of Black Boy Joy. As usual, we've got me here, Kieran, up in Newcastle, and I'm joined by... Ainsley, I'm down in London. <laughs> here we are, new month, start of March. 
Yeah. Um, I think this is actually the third day in a row we're trying to record. So hopefully, third time lucky, we'll have any technical difficulties or any nonsense like that. I know. I think um, <laughs> the way that the, the past recordings have gone with all of these technical difficulties, the internet connection just going haywire is really indicative of how I'm feeling. <laughs> well, given, I think since the last time, since our last episode was released, they've made these announcements about if vac- this vaccinations goes to plan and infection levels below well, remain below a certain level, then come late June, it's a free-for-all, isn't it? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm being very, very, very cautiously optimistic, but if that's the case, then I guess in a few months' time, we can start recording face-to-face again, because, yeah, this has been... Well, we've done more. We've, the bulk of our podcast history has been, like, virtual. Um, yeah. It's mad. I mean, it's saved on travel costs, at least. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we started the podcast, we, well, we planned to do it face-to-face, didn't we? Yeah, and it's just like now, it's just a virtual podcast. It's one night. I was gonna say, should we just hop straight into our um, intended um, Why not? topic yeah. today? Did you yeah. want to give the background on how we well, not how we came to this decision, but you know the the slight glitch? With, with, <laughs> I don't know what we what you want to call it. Well, we want to talk about accountability in today's episode and we want to do it so we're kind of keeping the night above holding each other to account mm-hmm. so I will turn 30 on Saturday that's the 6th of March my 30th birthday and when you hit a milestone you kind of reevaluate things you kind of think like where have I got to what have I done what do I regret what mm-hmm. could I have done differently and like now I think this episode are kind of between hearing on myself and the listeners if they hear and want to uh, chime in with their own kind of like have a real frank discussion (laughs) (laughs) on on, like being accountable for things that we want to see that didn't things that have gone well things that we want to do and how we're going to make sure it happens yeah and goals that are in progress as well there's always something to work on or work towards I think well there is a me because I kind of set goals and then abandon them when I'm like 20% into them uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing to work on yeah. um I'm going to start with you just a positive one though because I've, I think Ainsley I don't, I don't know if you mentioned it in the previous episode but Ainsley said to me recently I can't remember exactly when it was but that you had cleared all your debts um which I remember you saying ages ago was something you're trying to do um to have like you know not have that weight around your neck every month when you get paid um, so I think we should give a big black boy joy congratulations to Ainsley now. I'm going to do like a pretend round of applause in my head. No, but no, no but it's really good though, seriously, um, to have to be debt free. I am far, far from debt free. So, you know, you've given me some inspiration, even though it's a long way away. But um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great achievement. Well done. To be honest with you, I'd say like of all of the achievements in my life, mm-hmm. going to uni, getting a degree, um, finish my dissertation, do it like my recital, whatever. I'd rank getting out of debt higher than every single one of those. You want to do like? To be fair, you know what though? I think because like we grow up thinking like you know you have all these milestones with school, education, and, and like you know reaching a certain age. But money is always always important. Like in the background, as, as much as people try to say like, life is about money, but it's such, it makes such a big difference. Like just having more disposable income. 
and not having well, to worry about sort of has to be paid every single month. Every time you're planning your budget, there's always like, oh, but this is coming out on this day, and uh, I've got a few more years till it's all clear enough. Um, no, it's 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 a big deal. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. I am um, like I feel like I was saying to talking to like one of my cousins that. Um, now that I've got it, I might like start start up an OnlyFans or something to sell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's doing that now, isn't it? <laughs> or something like that, because even if even on the subject of um, of death or of like taking accountability, mm-hmm. um, obviously too, I had to get into the debt in order to clear it, and yeah. that the the bulk of that debt, the majority of it, I think all the over five years, that debt was about maybe 15 grand altogether. And right. nearly 13 grand of that was uh, was a student debt from a master's degree. Uh, I did a master's degree at King's College London, Cultural and Creative Industries. I applied for kind of on a whim, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a really funny story. So... Um, this was literally way back in 2014. Uh, I was like fresh out from uni. I worked a horrible, horrible dead end job um, in a call center. I fucking hated it, but I had literally no idea what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, my friend, who is my current housemate, current flatmate, he had already been accepted to King's College London for a different, uh, different course, mm-hmm. and he. I actually didn't, didn't end up doing it, but when he was accepted, he got a letter and it did that all the math of what all the MAs that you could do, kind of like in arts and humanities. Yeah. So I saw the one that I eventually ended up doing. I did some research and I was like, yeah, this is for me. So I just made a really tentative application. I didn't apply for any other universities, I didn't apply for any other courses, I just applied for that one. And um, I did my application, it was quite rigorous. Um, then just forgot about it, just went, went back to work. I didn't really have that many expectations of it. And then I remember the date exactly, it's the 25th of June, 2013. <laughs> I got fired from that job, didn't I? <laughs> so I got fired on the 25th of June. On the 26th of June, I got my acceptance to King's College of London. Yeah. So then I was like, this is giving me something to work towards now. So okay. I worked for, um, how long did I work for? I worked for, I was only employed for eight months, in which time I deferred the degree until mm. I got the job where Kim and I started working at a different call centre and then just saved so I could move to London. But the course itself, it didn't help me get a job in the creative industries. It got me into nearly 13 grand worth of debt. The good mm. thing about it is that, like, I moved to London and I've stayed here and I feel pretty settled in. So you've been there for time, haven't you? For time. six years oh. now, yeah. But yeah. apart from that, it was just a complete waste of money. I just, I don't know, like, I don't know who I thought I was. Like, <laughs> I'm like taking out a, a, a twelve grand loan. I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, but the, the title of that degree, you know, when you get people that get fucking gammon saying, "Oh, Mickey Mouse degree, this Mickey Mouse yeah, degree, that." Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's got value because I think. A lot of degrees, like they don't, especially in like arts and humanities, they're not they're not sort of tailor made to get you straight into a salary at a certain level, but they do develop you as a person and sort of get you thinking and stuff. But it just at the same time, when the cost of that is quite high, you're thinking, is this worth it or not? But um, that didn't go to my mind. Honestly, it was more like I had just had complete tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. So 
I was like, yeah, I want to yeah, I want to do this course. This is how much it costs. This is what I need to do to get on the course and then just do it and finish it. That was on my mind. I didn't like, I didn't think mm. about what it would actually be like to have to pay like £212 yeah. every month after it's finished. I think at the time you're still young and optimistic in it, which, no, which is mm-hmm. understandable because I, and like, like education is a powerful thing. There's, I don't, there's nothing wrong with wanting to like, you know, just study more. Um, Nothing wrong with that at all. Like, mm-hmm. I have told you the idea at some point of going back and doing a master's. It's actually interesting because obviously you have to take out the big-ass career development loan at the time. Um, mm-hmm. One of my brothers had to as well for um, for his postgrad degree, which was directly related to the field of work he went into and <laughs> has contributed to him being on good money. So yeah. it's different, I guess, yeah. But yeah, but, but, yeah. but bringing it back, no, accountability, I, I think that's a, a strong green tick next to your name, Ainsley. Well, um, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I can ask it, you, mm-hmm. is there anything right now, like maybe it's like a self-declaration, is there anything now that's like happening in your life or going on that you want to take accountability for or you want to speak on? In a good way, is in something that's gone well? Anything, or... anything, yeah, anything at all. Accountability. Let me think. Well, there's a few. I mean, the most obvious one is probably what I spoke about a few, a few episodes ago, you know my relationship with a certain illicit substance <laughs> um so yeah i'm trying to not smoke as in i've had a fresh reboot from the beginning of march um i mean it was supposed to be january and it went well for two weeks and then i crumbled again just from lockdown boredom and feeling cooped up in the house um it's like easy recreation isn't it um yeah. but again i have i've, I've, re- I've sort of started my journey again to not be smoking on a daily basis, uh, which is bad, which I shouldn't be doing. Um, see, I say this because you know what? I do always wait till I've gotten rid of my current stash and yeah. um, <laughs> so I don't have any temptations. Now, you know, a grinder, which used to grind certain substances, um, you know, it's got several chambers. So you've got the top chamber where you put the, the, um, the material in, <laughs> yeah. grind it. You go to the middle chamber, which you use all the time. But then I forget, there's actually a bottom chamber as well, which is, has a really tiny filter on it. Yeah. Now, with my far self, I happened to open it today, and there's enough powder in there. So I, was like, <laughs> like, I know the right thing to do is just to flush it down the toilet, but I kind of just kept it there as, um, I don't know, a, a, like an emergency stash or something. I don't know. I think the accountable, th- or if, I'm, if accountability is the theme, what I should do is just get rid of it now before I'm tempted. Okay, I don't, so, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Hold on, one second, Kieran. <laughs> so I remember the com- I remember the conversation that we had about you smoking. You mm-hmm. said that you were going to stop. You're going to basically do uh, no high January. Mm-hmm. Did you complete that? No I did high say January? that. I completed two weeks of it. So that's so, no, then, it's, oh, it? <laughs> it's a no, yeah. But uh, let me think. So I, after after I made that declaration, I had four nights off, then elapsed. Then I had two weeks off and lapsed again. And then when I say I lapsed, I mean it just went back to daily use again. So I don't want to say daily because I don't it's not like I smoke throughout the day. It's just in the evenings at night time. Uh, so it'd be once or twice at night. Um, but yeah, I've not failed miserably. Right. I can't keep blaming lockdown and boredom and like, you know, not being able to do this and that. Like, you know, it's 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 actually it's when people say anything can be addictive, right? But like cannabis isn't I don't think it's chemically like in and of itself addictive but um whereas like obviously harder drugs like physically your brain is like I need this now um 
so I need to just get myself in order. But at the moment, I'm on night number two, I think, of um, of the break. So it's going well so far. <laughs> okay. Now, you know, it's the, it's the first time that's rough. But after that, it's, it kind of balances out, I think. But, yeah. So, right. So, and I, th- I think I should say, we both should say, I mean, Kevin and I are obviously, like, very good friends. We know each other very well. Um, mm. We're very close. So Kevin and I, like, have very frank conversations with each other. And we both yeah. know that there's no hard feelings or everything that we do say is said with love. It's one hell of a preface, but- isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> <laughs> well we should um we should just reiterate that so anything i anything i say or anything that kieran says to me is um is, is done with the best intention it's like coming from a place of love yeah yeah we tell things someone <laughs> on, on um or or trying to help them be better for themselves mm. with that said <laughs> <laughs> you said all this last time you said this in in january mm-hmm you went, you sit backwards <laughs> and forwards. Yeah, I'm gonna do not do. I'm gonna uh, give it up for months. And do we, in your in your defense, I, don't, I mean, I don't think you're addicted. That's not what the issue is. I don't. Like, it's not intervention. You're not. I don't think you're addicted to weed. But you still made a goal that you didn't quite hit. Mm-hmm. So now you're doing it again. What are you gonna do yeah. this time that you didn't do last time? Oh, that's an excellent question. <laughs> I'm not sure about the answer. <laughs> um. It's, it's not it's not a complicated thing. All I have to do is just not smoke and not buy any. Um, it's not a case of like you know where someone was offering me an, an unlimited supply, or I had you know a, a, like a bad influence partner who was just is coaxing me every night to like smoke up or something. It was it was it's me that went out and bought it when I said when I, after I finished with sashes I wasn't smoking anymore. Um, I don't know what I can do. To be fair, I, I just, it's as simple as just don't smoke. Really. Okay. But obviously, I think when it comes to things like that, don't you need to look at the motivation for smoking? So how did you feel like when when you were having a break, then mm. went to smoking again, what was it that made you want to smoke again? Was it that you just felt bored one day? Was that that you saved weed? That's a good question. There are a few things at the time. Do you remember my... Um, she's left now, so I can say, but like I had a temporary flatmate a few weeks back who was, you know, not very COVID compliant. Um, mm-hmm. I think on this particular, it was a Friday night, I remember, basically she'd had a boyfriend visiting her from, from London. We're in the, up in Newcastle here. This was like one in many of sort of COVID infringements or whatever. Um, and he'd been here for like nearly a week. Uh, so there's four of us in, in a three bed flat. Um, I wasn't working at the time, so I was a bit down about that. I just felt a bit claustrophobic. Um, and it was nighttime, I was wide awake, and I was bored. I think they were watching TV in the living room, like mm-hmm. curled up on the sofa. I'm thinking, I need to do something, man. Um, so, you know, I, actually, it's quite funny, because we were talking about Grindr the other day. One dude a buy-off is actually on Grindr. I think that's how I first came across him. So I just logged in, and I was like, oh, hi, what do you have? And then, <laughs> Oh, really? Uh, jumped, yeah, yeah, they jumped in my car. It's like a 10-minute drive. Um, I got the got the produce and came back and then and then that was it really. <laughs> that would have been on. It would have been around the eighteenth of January. It was a Friday anyway, but around about the eighteenth. Whenever the Friday was in January, but around about the eighteenth, it was like a couple of weeks into it, just over. Um, that's what did it again. Um, and usually, what motivates me is just boredom. Mm-hmm. I don't like to use lockdown. I don't like to say, oh, it's because we're in lockdown, but it is partly because of that, because there isn't much to do. There's only so much virtual, like, 
socializing you can do there's only so many walks you can go on so much exercise you can do um like the normal kind of I don't know, like dopamine rush you get from like the mundane day-to-day activities and socialization when everything's back to normal. Uh-huh. That's not really happening. Um, yeah. But I, like I, said, I don't want to make excuses. It's, it's like, you know, I'm not a weak-willed person. It's as simple as just don't smoke and yeah. get on with it. So, yeah. I just think that, well, I think you made some good points there that, I mean, whether, whether you want to take responsibility for, you know, I'm a strong-willed person when I not smoke anymore, that's fine. But, lockdown this uh, this coronavirus the boredom will be a contributing factor to it and we're still in that situation now that we were back in january yeah now your working situation has changed so you have are distracted more now than you were then mm-hmm. that's fair to say isn't it yeah yeah and, and even though think- it's even though it's the daytime that i'm working and then i'm not distracted in the evening it still means that I've spent enough of like my mental energy in the daytime doing something mm-hmm. rather than just chilling all day and just waiting for nighttime. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? So there's, so there's that. I think that also there are things that you can do, there are other things that you can do to try and like, so when that feeling of boredom comes, when you think, I want, like, I want a smoke, I want a zoot, then like, that is the thing that you need to think, right, now I need to go on to my other thing. That's probably a healthier thing to do instead of it. So I'll do something mm. in its place. I don't know what that is. Like drink, and, drink instead. Drink. Get some ciders. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> nah, I can't be doing that. Actually, drink to be fair, fun, funnily enough, like the first time around, I did that for like two nights in a row. But I don't I don't really drink to excess very often. It was just like a, a like, I think I had a couple of beers on one night, a couple of ciders the next night, and maybe a gin and tonic or something. Um but I know that's not sustainable. Oh God, I would never want to be addicted to alcohol. Jesus Christ, that would ruin your life. Um, um, I think it's just finding things to do. But And you get good days and bad days. There are some days where I'm, I'm quite content just like pottering around after a certain time. Like it was, I struggled to fall asleep last night, but I managed it. I didn't, didn't need to smoke or anything. Um, but then other days, it's all I can think about. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just taking each day as it comes. But as I say, it's not what's kind of given me some motivation is I know it's not, I know, I know it's not an addictive substance. So there's no, re- there's no reason for me to, you know, be straining at the least to have some. Mm-hmm. I, just need to, I just need to calm myself down. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think you, what I would like you to do just regular check-ins with me. Cause if you leave me to my own devices and don't mention it for like two or three weeks, you'll be like, Oh, how's it going? Okay. And I'll be like, Oh, well I've smoked every night for the past 10 nights. That's how it's going. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've, no, I've noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as, soon as, you so, get, as soon as you get a text in the group chat after 10 o'clock and I'm, I'm sending some random piece of music I'll be listening to, then you know that I'll probably, um, probably start smoking again. <laughs> I can do that regular check in with you. That's not a problem. Speaking of regular check ins, mm-hmm. two podcasts running now, not, not running, two podcasts. We've discussed you joining a certain dating app. I was promised that you were going to do it each of those oh times. Oh, God. I'm on the next accountability attack. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I know. I've, got, I've genuinely got no excuse. So anyone who's not up to, up to date and, or maybe missed an episode. Actually, no, it's, it's actually mentioned twice, but it's two different episodes. Um, Ainsley keeps telling me to go on, um, what's it called? Not Tinder. Hinge. What's it called? Hinge, 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 hinge. I forgot about it. And also the ex fat mate who did that a few weeks ago, she, she was telling me the same thing as well. I turned. I was like, "Oh, you know, wait till I shave my head and like get my camera out and blah blah blah." Taking pictures. And I haven't done it yet. Um, That's just a procrastination thing. 
it's a procrastinate things I have every intention of going on I just haven't got around to it. I think it's because I've already got some apps already and it's a comfort zone thing I'm like oh why download another one I'm still using these two but you are right now how do we go about getting me to do it <laughs> you I mean, Kieran, you just I, set me a deadline I don't know like <laughs> I um to be honest with you I'm not even going to put any pressure on you to do it because I'm not going to put any you, pressure to do it because like you've given up on me my last <laughs> cause I can hear the disappointment in your voice on it. <laughs> this, is, this is another thing I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Like, your neck must be born in you, Kieran, because I am putting pressure on you. So I'm used to now. Huh? <laughs> so, like, do you want to be date? Do you want to date people? Do you want to, like, go... Like, I do, people? but at the same time, at the moment, it's just not a thing. I'm not going to be... I'm not interested in, like, virtual dates. Like, when I talk to people virtually, it's people that I already know or, or unless it's work and you have to do it. Um, I don't see the point in going... Like, cause I already chat on people... I already chat with guys on all the apps anyway at the moment anyway. So I'm thinking it's just more chatting on the app. Um, so I don't see it as dating now. Because, you know, when you're... Um, obviously, you're in a relationship, so it doesn't apply to you at the moment. But when you're on all the apps and everyone's like, oh, what are you looking for? I'm thinking about at the moment, given we're in lockdown, not a lot. I'm, I'm just, I'm just wasting. I'm just passing the time most of the time when I'm on, when I'm going on the apps. Um, you already know I've, I've kind of half given up on Newcastle because I, I don't intend to stay here long term anyway, and I'm kind of like it's a bit dead up here for dating scene anyway. And these aren't excuses. I don't think this time. This is just I'm literally describing what's happening in my head. Um, and I'm, I feel like well, literally dating isn't the thing currently. It's just chatting online, which I already do. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to make myself download. Well, it's not the whole download, but I just I think I just want new pictures for it. I think that was the main thing. I just want to do like a mini photo shoot because my most recent pictures are like over a year old now. And I think you need to have up-to-date things. You know, I don't want someone... I don't think anyone's ever been disappointed when they see me in person. You should still look better in real life, which is the good way around to have it. But I just want to make sure that I'm not doing any false advertising. I want to look like... How I do in real life on the you're not doing you're not doing false advertising. If I thought you were doing false advertising, I would have told you. <laughs> what? Well, so are your pictures too flattering? You're you're a, a low key catfish or something. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't think I'd say it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just like <laughs> but yeah, like sometimes I wonder, like, do you even want to? Like, do you even want to meet people? Do you want to be going out, like going out there or getting stuff out there? I do. Making a but- making a hint is not hard. I guess maybe the thing is that you can look at people around the country that can't you. Whereas yeah. I keep thinking about locally, and I think locally, I've been here for what, nearly four years. I'm thinking it really ain't saying much. And that's where I think the lack of motivation is coming from. Um, yeah. Because it happens because I, I guess like we were talking about, like, you know, being addicted, being addicted to grind and being on it all the time. And there are guys that go on the app, have it for years and delete it because it's always the same shit. And I finally feel about, feel like that with um sort of the apps in general with dating and stuff like I'm always on them but at the same time so my effort is reduced because I'm like well I already know who's nearby and I've, I've seen the profiles I've spoken to the majority of people I've been in I've a lot that, that whose profiles have like attracted me or whatever um and as I said it's corona lockdown in a few months time we'll be when touch wood will all be free then I can sort of focus on it properly then but until, and between now and then all it is is just fucking chatting on there and then occasionally swapping pictures and then like no one's got anything to talk about either because no one's doing anything um mm-hmm. and again i don't understand like i'm making excuses but i'm just it's literally it's i'm just i'm just explaining what is happening like <laughs> yeah how i'm thinking yeah right but 
Yeah. So, uh, so do you intend to or not? Do you not? To download it? Yeah. Absolutely. It's just a question of when. Like, I'm not, I'm not, um, I have no kind of aversion to getting a new app at all. It's just a case of, that's just another thing to do. Um, I'm happy to workshop auto prompts with you. Oh, you know what I'll do, actually? I'll get my flatmate to um, take some pics and stuff, and I'll send you the selections. Just use the pics that you've already got. Like, I don't know what... No, I don't... man, I want fresh pictures, man. Fresh. I don't understand. I don't understand the emphasis on like, on new photos. I might, I might use like one or like two or three. How if how many how many pics can you put on Tinder? Uh, not Tinder, Tinge. What's the most amount you can put About six, right? Okay, so I'll probably use about two, two or th- two or three maximum from the past, and then I need three or four that are current, which is mm. fine. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything you want to ask me? Thing, what have you what have you said you were going to do and be held accountable for? So actually, to be fair, how was your fitness going? I can't remember you ever giving like a specific goal. So I do need to help to account because it is non-existent. <laughs> um before lockdown, okay. I was going to gym like every day. Every weekday, I should preface. Every weekday I was going to the gym all the time. I was getting my workout done. Mm-hmm. That was all fine. Now it's like I just I don't exercise anymore. To be honest with you, and I can feel the weight, like the weight could, like piling back on, uh, more than it was mm, before because mm. I just like I can't like I feel so self-conscious exercising at home because I'm on the top floor of like a two-bedroom, one-living room apartment. It was being cold as yeah. well, so I haven't really been going out and exercising like that much. Again, right. these aren't excuses because. I guess, like, it's, it's like yeah, a mental... They're not, but they're all very understandable, though. When, if the gym opens, like, in the next month or so, I'll just go mm-hmm. to the gym again and that'd be fine. Like, I'm just struggling with, like, the gym as my place to do exercise in. I really don't know. I really just can't motivate myself just to, like, be at home or go to the park and bring weights with me or anything like that. I like the machinery. Yeah. And I like having a place to go to where you can go, get your workout done, and then come home. I just relaxed. I'm mm. like, I'd, I'd like yes. that part. I think it's good because you can compartmentalise like your exercising. It's really good for that. Are you near any commons or anything? Any parks? Near where I you am are? near a park, yeah. I am near one. I'm near two, in fact. So I'm going to start running. That's right. what I really what I should do. I'm just, I'm, I'm just being lazy. Like, it has definitely been harder to exercise because of the lockdown, but it's not been impossible. So you are often you can get on, do you just have a right. run I have... Uh, I have uh, more interesting things that I probably want to, I guess we're saying take accountability for. Is that, um, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> oh, excuse me. My, obviously I, you think you know, I've spoken on the podcast that I've come out to my mom already too, for a couple of years now, actually. Um, I was 27 when I came out. That's doesn't it, yeah. Now, I still haven't told my dad. Mm. And I plan to, like, all throughout the years, and I've just like put it off the entire time. Yeah, and that's probably something. It, I, mean, I think that's actually probably one of the biggest things that I that in my life for now that <laughs> I wanted to do, or actually, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure if, if if I want to do the right time is that I felt like I should do because I told my mom and I'm being open mm. and stuff, but I haven't done it yet. Yeah. 
and maybe that's the biggest uh, yeah that's the biggest one for me I think I would say don't be too hard on yourself with this because it is it is a big deal mm-hmm. um, I get what you mean like you should tell them because I felt that as well like I've had people I've had people say oh you know you're being too hard on yourself and like you know it's it's your information to reveal when you want but it's it's a, a choppy subject um I don't know how you feel about sort of timing and Mm. situation but I've always thought it needs to be a face-to-face conversation and then I went I went home December 2019 and February 2020 that's the last last time I faced with my parents um on both those occasions I had opportunities where I could have brought it up and obviously since February 2020 I've not been back home I've been pandemic 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 I've been like I can't I can't come out over a Zoom call. That would it doesn't seem very, you know, just do that. <laughs> it needs to be fair, yeah. like a face-to-face sit-down conversation. And not necessarily a big deal either, I don't think. At this point, if they haven't guessed that, then, you know, <laughs> I just don't see how they haven't guessed by now. Yeah. Um, when I was 25, I, I thought they probably haven't clocked. But now, like, they're oh, come on, they must know. Whew. But no, I think with this, I don't, I don't think we can be too hard from a, oh, hell, holding themselves to kind of thing. But a sort of a firm push to do it is is, is the, the idea I'm putting in my head. Is, like, it needs to be done, but I'm not going to beat myself up for having not done it yet. Just, yeah. just I think the issue with me is that that like um obviously um being I'm probably, I'm being, apart from like my parents, I think all of aspects of my life mm-hmm. I'm being openly gay, openly queer. Um, if you go on my social media, if you go on my Instagram, you go on my Twitter, you can tell I'm a gay person. I have the rainbow flag on both profiles. Um, it's heavily linked to this podcast, so people know. If they if they care to know, then they know. So, and this is and obviously I'm in a relationship. Things like might progress, and if they do, I'd really want my parents to be supportive and to help, and just to just to do the thing that parents would do when their child is in a relationship with someone mm. and I'm and I'm not able to, and I'm just not able to do that. And so I don't want to be entertaining any shame about my sexuality anymore or trying to hide or diminish my queerness because of my parents or what they might think or anything like that. But if I haven't like been so overt with them, then I am. There's, I don't think there's any way around that. Yeah. It's that feeling of living a double life, isn't it? Um, and kind of compartmentalising the different people in your life. So people who are supposed to be your nearest and dearest and you keep them in a certain box and, you know, it's, it's information they're not going to know that you're, that you're sort of withholding from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel it would be a bit crass for us to set ourselves deadlines, but uh, maybe we I should... Think any, yeah, I don't think setting a deadline is maybe, yeah, I, I don't think that's necessarily the most helpful thing to do. But going forward, that's so, just yeah. one thing I want to... Uh, like, um I want to kind of like just get out of the way because like I said I from now for three years ago like one of the biggest one of the biggest things I can say from my 20s that I'm so happy is that I've finally accepted myself I'm accepted that I'm a gay man I'm happy about it as well I've embraced it I'm mm. I'm proud flag wave and all that bullshit whatever um that's the that's the, probably the biggest achievement for me of my of my 20s aside from all the material stuff, mm. that, is a, that is such a huge deal to me. But this part of, of my life with my parents 
is just the one thing that's kind of like holding me back. I I don't think in my life I'm necessarily hiding anything or I'm not being open or um like acting out of shame apart from maybe this one thing. And it's that one thing that I kind yeah. of want to get rid of. Well, that makes sense. It absolutely does make sense. So yeah, it's um it's a tough thing, man. And kind of like even talking about it now, you know when you can you feel like your temperature raises a bit, like you get a little bit uncomfortable. So you look you look a little bit anxious. Yeah, I, I'm a bit anxious about it because obviously it's for my whole life, it's been it's been a source of so much of like there's so much angst, so much shame. I'm definitely in a better place mm. about it now than I was all that time ago. But it, like I said, it's it's just it's still some business that's unfinished. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. it's still unfinished business. Definitely, um, yeah, that, that is the perfect way to describe it. Is and it's not going to go anywhere. Like, I need to address it. I can't get I can't get someone to tell them for me. No way. Um, yeah. And no one no one else would. I don't think anyway. Uh, as in they wouldn't let it slip. They'd leave it for for me to to handle. Um, yeah, well, let's hopefully I can do it this year. Yeah, but I can't wait to visit home again. Though. Bloody hell, it's like over a year now. It's yeah. cooped up in the northeast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for you to come to London. It's gonna be a year on Sunday. It'll be a whole year since I saw you. Because mm, that's last that's last time I went to London was your birthday. Yeah, sticking on the theme of oh, accountability. <laughs> Oh no! If it's music, we're not we're not talking about music. No, it's no. not the music. Is that where you is that where you're going? No, it's not the music. <laughs> I do think though, one thing about the music that I really don't understand is why you're so reticent to talk about it, and like why it's just like because I'm kind of all go area. Because I, because I failed, Ainsley. I failed. It's a case of I felt a bit foolish. I'm thinking like. I'm, Work towards it. At no point I've actually considered class and also what kind of lifestyle I'm going to live. And even though people said how you're going to earn money was growing up, all I had was like, you know, I had hopes and dreams. And it's like coming to this realization at 22 when I had to leave full time education, when I had to, you know, live the real world. And I kind of thought, well, everything I've been obsessed over the past few years is a pipe dream because I'm a working class guy from inner city Birmingham. And I think, and because I was so good at it, it was, it felt like I was falling from a pedestal or whatever you want to call it. I don't care if it's cowardly. It's much easier to just shut off everyone from that world to wrap it up in one part of my head. I think that it just... That's I think that's such a shame. <laughs> so, okay. It's like, just quickly, it's not It's not that I did music. It's, it's that I did classical music. That was a mistake. Like, if I've done something, fine. I'm quite happy to be a session musician. That'd be fun. You could still but be a session musician. You could still be a session musician. You could have still been a session musician. I have to pick up a different instrument. You couldn't. You could. You could still do the same. You could still do the same thing. So I told you. Sax about clarinet, but yeah. My friend Rhiannon. I think if you ever met her, she was in the exact same position as you. She did the same course as mm-hmm. me. She was a, a classical violinist. She hated it. She hated yeah. it. Uh, performing stressed her out. She did not. Excuse me, she did not the pressure. Mm. Wanted to be able to uh, to express herself. And to, and so mm. what she did, she finished her degree. She was like, "This isn't for me." She found a jazz violinist, basically got him to teach her, and now she's doing. Um, she's on recording. She's been on Radio One Live Lounge doing violin. She does. She um, mm. is in. I think it's Trinity Guild Hall doing a masters in um, in in jazz violin. She's an incredible musician. She's yeah. happier being a musician than she was before. 
and she's making a career out of it. She's teaching, she's performing, she's recording, she's doing all this from it. And I feel like that could happen with you if you want it to, that could happen with you, but you need to start thinking of what happened before with a failure. What the change between now and then is that you stop playing. That's literally it, that you just stop playing and you've told, uh-huh. not only you've to told them to stop playing, you've told them to stop playing and stop talking about it. So, hey, look at the therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, you know, you're right. You make valid points. No, I can't, I can't really disagree with anything you said there, to be fair. And I, I guess think- that was maybe my coping mechanism, my, my coping mechanism, maybe it was appropriate when I was 22, but now that's a bit older. I need to switch the tactic and, you know, I think enough time has passed where I can maybe face the game. At the time, I just wanted to just forget it would all happen because I was just like, oh, it's been a fucking waste of time, hasn't it? I was, and all, all I kept thinking about was on the potential. I was like, I got straight A's. I was an intelligent student. I could have gone to like a top union, done something much low. But I don't know, like they say, only do music if you cannot see yourself doing anything else at all. I just think here, like outside of being a playing, practicing musician, I just think that you are so gifted and like you're just you're such a gifted musician. You're so intelligent. You have such insight in so many things, and I just don't think that you're really tapping into it in the way that you can. And if you keep thinking really. of all of this stuff, <laughs> uh, like I, the, your past as uh, you being a musician, you playing, uh, you what, uh, going to music college. I don't see and stop it. I don't see it as a failure. I don't understand why you see other why you see other failure. I don't see that the failure at all. I just see it as you making a conscious decision to stop the stuff. And I said I couldn't understand it because I didn't understand why you'd stopped it and then why you just just stopped your bed, let's shut it out. I don't think about it. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't talk about it. And it's one of the it's, it's something that's so interesting about you that people, if they heard it, would want to know more about. I just don't understand why why you do it like why why you do that. So that actually does bring me on to something I wanted to say to you. <laughs> you were gonna say something before, weren't you? Um fire away. So I told you yesterday that our episode internalized homophobia, you said something <laughs> that like quite upset me. It doesn't upset me in the way that, like I wasn't offended by anything. You didn't say anything that like that made me offended or whatever. It's just the way that your attitude towards it was kind of this, like, this is the way it's happened and it's never going to change. And um, you said that your words were, I actually listened to it back before we, before we sat down, that um, you, if you okay. wanted any what motivation um, or any, like, motivating words or anything like that, then you should speak to me, not to you. Because uh, this, homo- this internalised homophobia is actually going to change. <laughs> You don't think there's anything you're gonna do you can do about it? Is that, is that what I said? I'm hilarious, you know. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a bit dramatic, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny though. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> and, well, that made me really sad to really sad to hear. As your friend, as someone, we'd never, I mean, we'd, we'd never get emotional, but as someone who really cares about you, loved you as like a very close friend of mine, it was really hard to hear. That I'd kind of given up on myself. Essentially, yeah. As in given yeah, up you, on life. Yeah. yeah. So I've stopped I, trying to accept who I am or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even, yeah, like acceptance is one thing. Like 
that's what I say. Like, I really hate the term. Like I really hate the phrase. Like from the term digital sexuality because it always makes it seem as if it's something that's negative. You just have to accept. Like it's almost mm. if you have like some sort of illness or burden. Yeah. Yeah, that you have to accept that you've got and you're gonna have forever, and you have to like try and leave the fact that you've got it. And I just, I, I just don't think that's a helpful way for us to think of our sexuality. Mm. I mean, obviously, like, there is a lot of trauma that we both would have gone through because we are, we are gay people. But at the same time, like, you are just such a unique person because of it. And I think that should really be celebrated. Yeah, and not, not kind of, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Not, not a source of shame and, like... Yeah, not a source of shame. Yeah, not for not something for you to apologise for, but something for you to be proud of. Yeah. Pearls oh, of wisdom really? today, right? Well, <laughs> I'm preaching today. <laughs> you are preaching, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> well, yeah, what I wanted to say was that I, if there's anything, anything I want you to take accountability for more than anything else, is just that, like, just to see, see that part of you, see yourself as just something that's great, something to be celebrated, something that's some, like, something unique about you that is a gift that you can give to the world through. Your creativity through the through the way you express yourself through like things mm-hmm. that you can give to other people as well yeah and i just want you I, and i want you to really take really take accountability for trying to deal with this internalized homophobia in real terms i guess yeah sort of i don't want to use any like you know cliches but it, 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 i guess it is a case of accepting yourself and i think for me, it's just not taking it so seriously. I'm just, yeah. Well, what's going to happen? Been, if yeah. Yeah. In an ideal no, world, right. it wouldn't be this serious because it just not wouldn't be something you think about. I don't think, like, our straight counterpart, the cousin that we always mention, he does, like, he doesn't think about his sexuality, does he? He doesn't see it as a source of shame, but he has no reason mm-hmm. to. And yeah. really, we don't really have a reason to, for it to feel, well, we do, we, have, we don't have a reason to feel ashamed of it. But we have other people around us who have made us feel that we should be ashamed of it. And yeah, I know what you mean. And, and, and at this point, this case, like we know it's not all like hunky dory because of what society is like. But at the same time, that shouldn't stop us from being cool with it ourselves. Yeah, like, we've, we've lived, we've lived, we've lived long enough now and had enough life experience to know that you can't care too much what other people think. Yeah, um, how you perceive, you have to just get the fuck on with it. I was going to say, like, we do, uh, we do a gay podcast, a black gay podcast. We talk with black queer people. I just feel like there's no point in doing that if you're going to go, if you're going to go about your daily life still feeling that way. Well, I guess, yeah, because the podcast is called Black Boy Enjoy, and I think I forget about that sometimes. Um, you don't, because you, you, I think you're a fairly positive person. Um, I mean, we balance each other out, I guess, but sometimes I think <laughs> you're, 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 on, you're doing a podcast called Black Boy Joy and you're being all miserable and defeatist about some core issues here. So maybe that is something I, need to just, I just need to fix up, really, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I would say to you, so I think you have to, because obviously you have these, you have these thoughts, you have these feelings, that you can't help having, you can't help sometimes feeling a certain way about a certain situation. Mm-hmm. But I think it's about when you do feel that way, is how what you do with it once you, once it happens. Yeah. And I think that you need more positive reinforcement. So you need to physically tell yourself 
that you are, I don't know, whatever, and mantra sounds like, sounds very wishy-washy. But if mm-hmm. you say something to yourself can have an effect, then the opposite is true. So if you can, if you can think to yourself, like, like on, uh, on what, on talented, on this, on that, on the other, all these positive stuff, it, after a while, it will start to filter through. But it just takes mm. some, like, some labour, and it takes kind of like building in another kind of like another way of thinking after you've had that negativity but usually what happens yeah. is we will think something or we'll feel some way and when we just sit in it like we'll just let that we'll just be negative and then we'll move on that'll be it whereas you should build something in after that happens to try and counteract that so be more positive to look at the things that you've achieved and see them as something that's good mm-hmm. To think of the way that you the way that you are as either as something that's positive rather than the things that we've been fed to believe it is. Yeah, and also focusing on like positive things that you offer rather than things that you want to be improved. Obviously, it's, you need to look at self improvement all the time. But mm-hmm. I guess my problem is that I, you know, like I'm just critical of everyone and everything, and, and myself as well. Which, which mm-hmm. ironically comes from doing music for lots of years and, and wanting to perfect your performance all the time. It seeps into every other aspect of my life. But the the drawback is sometimes I can spend too much time worrying about what can be improved or what, I do, what I'm not happy with. That you mm-hmm. get into this cycle of negativity and you mm-hmm. kind of overlook what is going well. Yeah. And what you are good at. Yeah. That's definitely something I do, definitely. I think there's a big difference between... Guilt isn't the wrong word, but there's a big difference between guilt and shame. And so guilt or something that, yeah, guilt is something where like you've done something wrong or you've done something that could be improved. Mm-hmm. Shame is that I am wrong. So these things make me, make me bad. Yeah. And that's what we need, that's what we need to, we need to deal with. And shame can run deep too as well. It can deep. set in deep, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the shame was what made me have a relationship in secret okay? <laughs> so, for three years, isn't it? Ooh, yeah. Girl. Like, <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so shame one deep. <laughs> no, it's true. What we have, like, we, we, this isn't the 80s anymore. We have the benefit of all of this time, all of these other experiences. We have the benefit of. Uh, of academia that's been done, studying that's been done, other people who've been in similar situations to us, and these are resources that you need to tap into. Yeah, no, you're right. Right, you you've been giving me some gems tonight. <laughs> I, I definitely go back and listen to this episode. So yes, this week's spotlight is actually, I guess, it's to do more with current affairs. All spotlights we've done before have been usually to do with a person, a place, or a thing. And this is kind of just a situation. Um, people may or may not have been following the situation with LGBT, LGBT plus people in Ghana. Uh, if you haven't, basically to give a Cliff Notes version, uh, at the start of this year, 2021, there was an LGB centre, LGBT centre, that was opened in Accra, that's the capital of Ghana. And since this has been opened, there's been lots of attacks, lots of death threats that have been um, that have been sent to people who work there. It's been all it's, it's been awful. Uh, the clergy in Ghana, I think 
I'm not going to actually say what denomination they are because I'm, I'm not 100% sure. They like made a statement basically trying to force the government to close it down. And it actually has closed, now, closed down now to protect, to protect the LGBT people who work there and who use the facilities there, the services. Um, I've seen it's been getting some traction kind of on social media, so on Instagram, on Twitter. But it really hasn't been getting any kind of national coverage. I haven't heard it on the news. I've seen maybe an article, I think it was in The Guardian, about it, and it was short and that was it. And so I think this is something that I really want anyone who listens to the podcast, that's something that they really need to have a look at and so they can kind of see what's going on with our LGBT brethren or I just don't want to say LGBT brothers and sisters in Ghana and in Asko as a whole. Have you heard anything about it, Kieran? Well, bits and bobs on Twitter, because it was hard to see what, because I've heard everyone talking about LGBT in Ghana, um, but it was hard to kind of get a gist of exactly what happened. I saw about the centre, um, but the discussions I, I was seeing were sort of generally about what it's like to be gay there, which I've, I've actually happened to look at in the past. You know, me, you and your cousin have talked about going there for holiday. I just mm-hmm. out of interest wondered what it was like. Um, and the impression I got was it happens, but it's not accepted. But people kind of, it's like, you know, you can be gay there, but you just can't be too open about it. Yeah. Um, but along the official line, so like opening the centres is a very visible thing to do. Yeah. And something something that we wouldn't bat eyelid over here, over. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's caused some tension there. Just, and it just, I don't know. Uh, again, like, you know, we've mentioned the whole like vestiges of colonial rule and laws and stuff. Um, yeah. I don't think in practice that sort of the laws enforce too much on sort of like against homosexuality in Ghana, mm-hmm. but the kind of your average like national or the national feeling, you know, it's not one of uh, support and welcoming from yeah. what I gather. So um, I think, yeah, I think you are right about that. I did actually have a quick look at it before we started recording. And there are there are anti LGBT laws that are that are enforced that are still present. Um, this is what is called Section One Hundred Four of the Ghanaian Criminal Code of nineteen sixty, which basically criminalises same sex consensual acts between males. It's uh, classed as a misdemeanor, so it's illegal to it's illegal to be gay in Ghana. It's yeah, um, sexual acts is. Is against the law, and I think that what you said. Mm-hmm. So the last episode that we did with uh, Jason Jones, he said yeah. that in Trinidad you could basically you could be gay as long as you're not politically gay. So people would know that you were LGBT and you could live your life. But if you do anything that kind of like threatens their like their their order or the way they're doing things, then you're in danger. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see yeah. that. I kind of see that within Ghana. I've never been to Ghana. I don't know what the situation is, but from looking at it from the outside in, it kind of I can see parallels between the way he described it and what's being described now. Yeah. So you can be gay but not too gay, or you, you or you can be gay but know your place and don't upset. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, don't. Yeah, the flow don't of things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. Don't. Yeah. Uh, don't challenge laws, especially. Don't try to actually change the way change the societies attitudes just go and be gay and live your life and just be quiet yeah. about it basically and if anyone who doesn't do that or anyone dares to show pride 
about it, then I think that is when they come up into, come up into problems, into trouble. Yeah. And it's a shame, it's really. Things that we can... We need to look at things we can do to support. So that all yeah. the either group who are fighting for the rights of LGBT plus Ghanaian, that LGBT rights Ghana, uh, they have a GoFundMe that's up. That GoFundMe is basically a community support fund initiative to support and empower Ghanaian members of the LGBTQ community who are financially constrained. And it's yeah. intended to have like long-term, basically to try and address long-term issues of the community and what's basically stopping them from having prosperity. So yeah. Um, it's, yeah, LGBT rights, LGBT rights Ghana. They have a website that you can uh, have a look at more information. They have that GoFundMe that they're using to raise money, which I will put on the show notes of this podcast. And the, uh, the Instagram, that we can show people to kind of spread more awareness about the issue. It's something that we all, as queer people, especially as black queer people, we need to be aware of, I mean, where we can need to do something to help. So if anyone can listen, can donate any money, can spread the word, can do anything at all, then it's better than doing nothing. Yeah. And yeah, that's probably... That's probably that on that. I, yeah, I don't want to say much more. Obviously, our hearts go out to our brothers and sisters in Ghana who are suffering, who aren't able to live the lives that they want to live because of their sexuality. You know, we've uh, spoken so much about it, particularly in this episode, when there are people who are scared to meet meet other people or act where they want to do through fear or through, yeah, through, um, through a lack of safety. So we do keep that in mind when we record these episodes, when we think about our own lives as black queer people. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode. It's been a bit, well, not heavy, but we've gone a bit deep today, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> as usual, um, you can get in touch with us. Uh, the podcast itself streams on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcast, Anchor, and all your typical podcast platforms. On Instagram, we are Black Boy Joy Podcast. Black Boy Joy Podcast. Uh, yeah. On Instagram, we are Black Boy Joy Podcast. On Twitter, we are BLK Boy Joy Pod. Um, if you want to email us, it's blackboyjoypodcast at gmail.com. Um, as Kieran said, follow us on Spotify, follow us on Google Podcasts. If you are on Apple Podcasts and you are subscribed there, you can leave us a glowing five star review. And you can um, you can actually yeah actually review say some words about us. It'd be great if you could if people could do that. We're still a, we're a small podcast. It's just Kieran and me, um, and we're doing our best. <laughs> <laughs> but any support, any love would be very much appreciated. It definitely would be. Uh, thanks very much, guys, and take care until the next time. Thank you.